Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase, and it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. Don't look back and wish that you had taken action. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions. Equal housing lender license in all 50 states. NMLS ConsumerAccess.org number 3030. We're in a battle for America's soul. Liberty is at risk. It's time to speak up. Welcome to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot. Brooke says, for years, Brooke's been behind the scenes helping conservative leaders articulate a vision for a better America. Now, she's front and center, and the mic is hot. Here is your host, Brooke Says. Hello, hello. Welcome to Brooke Talks America, where we discuss politics and culture from an unapologetically conservative perspective each and every time. I'm your host, Brooke Says, conservative patriot, still very proud, deplorable, and columnist, which you can read on my website, brooktalksamerica.com, Brooke with an E. Make sure you connect on Facebook, Twitter. I'm very active on Twitter. Uh, email me with any questions, info at brooktalksamerica.com. Again, check out the website. If you'd like to partner with the show and be a sponsor, to get your product, service, or business in front of like-minded people, make sure you let me know. And if you'd like to donate to help with the show and to help with the things that we're doing, you can do that as well, all on the website. You can listen to archived podcasts podcast of this show on my website. Also, I'm on Captain's America Third Watch every first and third Tuesday morning at 5.30 a.m. on this station, Salem Media Group, AM860, The Answer, Tampa. And my podcast is available on iHeartRadio, Apple, Amazon, Spotify, and Podomatic, and a bunch of other ones. Also, I have an app which you can find in the Play Store, and you can go to the website and sign up to receive email alerts. So let's get to the jelly. My guest today is Mike the Marine, known on Twitter as AMC Marine for AMC Stocks. He's part of what is known as the Ape Army, which is a bunch of so-called ordinary Americans. They're awesome, exceptional Americans, in my opinion, uh, who are both individual traders in the stock market and who've gained notoriety for being part of the cadre of meme stockers who have been shredding the hedge funds delicious. Uh, You heard about them earlier this year with the whole GameStop thing where they cemented the philosophy of buy and hold and making the Wall Street casino hustlers crazy, so much so that the Wall Street, big tech, and even the feds came in and shut it down, showing that they don't want the citizens to have access to the secret knowledge. They want to have it all. Ape Army says, no, we're not only here, we're growing, and we're here to stay. You can find AMC Marine on Twitter at XXXAMCMarineXXX. And with that, Mike, welcome to the show, and thanks for coming on. Oh, yes, Brooke, I'm glad to be on. Thank you for allowing me to. Absolutely. So, you know, a lot of people, including myself, to be honest, look at the stock market as this big behemoth that they don't understand, right? My sister is one of those. She goes to work. She grinds it out. She has an investment account. You know, she doesn't manage it herself. She assumes that the experts are going to, you know, have the information. And, and people think that there's like this secret code of understanding or something, this, you know, that they don't understand. Um, you guys and gals are showing that that's not true at all. And with some research and information, literally anyone can do it and make money, which is, you know, that's what I love. What I love is also that you're making the Wall Street hustlers very angry. Uh, So how did you get into, how and why did you get into trading stocks? Well, 
you know, I'm, I'm, I'm getting older. I'm 42 now. Um, I got in about, it was October 2018. And, you know, with a lot of the free applications coming out uh, with ways that you can start to invest, um, I decided to jump on that. I was like, well, I need to create some kind of retirement. I need to do something. And so I, I'll just get in and start learning. And so I downloaded one of the apps and put a couple hundred bucks in. And then I just started, like, Googling, researching, uh, went on, like, Facebook. So there's a, there's a lot of groups out there. And I discovered that there's a lot of stock groups, a lot of community communication, you know, a lot of folks that are sharing information. And so I was able to find like Facebook groups. And then I heard about discord groups and people that had groups where they chat in there. And, and basically people bring information to the table about a company that they've been researching and they heard about and they bring their information. They're like, this is what I heard. This is what I see. This is what I think we call that DD. Um, so just basic researching. And then they share that. And then other people chime in, they put what they believe, what they saw and what they heard. And I, I'm going to be honest. I mean, you know, I joke around that, I'm a dumb crayon eating marine. Uh, <laughs> so this this movement uh, this movement uses the crayons. So I fit right in. I was like, well, you know, everybody talks about marines. We eat crayons, no. but like. Uh, and so I was like, this is perfect, you know. But anyway, get, to get back to that, so I got into the uh, investing and just started kind of learning and, you know, becoming part of these groups and just listening and being quiet, you know, and just taking that data and then going and doing my own research, too. Like, okay, let's check into this company. How, how legit is it? So I would Google, do some articles, read different, you know, things that people had to say, and then I would just say, okay, you know what? I believe that this is going to be a good company. And so I say, well, I'm going to put a few hundred dollars into it and see what happens. And uh, I would put my money in there and I watch it. And, you know, they're, not all of them are going to win and not all of them are going to lose. It's just, you know, put the effort, you know, of doing it. And like I said, I started with 200. I started doing that. I put another 200 in. I got the discipline. I was like, okay, I can put 250 now, you know, started paying off some debt. I was like, I can afford to put a little more. And then I just kept doing that. And then um, I got deeper in. I, there's a scored groups. And then I discovered Reddit, um, the Reddit chat boards. Um, so I got what into is, Reddit. What is Reddit? So Reddit's just another, from what I've understood, it's just another, uh, I don't want to say social media, but in a way it is. Um, it's been around for years. Heck, I didn't even know what it was. Yeah. Um, it would pop up on Google. You Google something and it would pop up, you know, because people are talking about it. And basically, you know, there's these groups that get created in there. That's how they created the whole W, you know, WSB that everybody pushes, that everything's from Reddit, um, the Wall Street bet. Okay. And yeah. Right, right. So, yeah. And so a lot of the news stations, everybody believes that we're all from Reddit. Well, Reddit's just a, a, a part of it. They are. There's a lot of folks that are in Reddit. I ended up being in all of them that I could find because, you know, being a Marine, you know, if we're going to do something, we're going to do it to the best of our ability. Yep. So I dug deep. I got into the, to the uh, Wall Street Bets group, got into a couple other ones in there. And, again, I just started reading what people write. And I like to read anyway or sit and, you know, research on my phone and read the news. Well, and the news is crap now. I mean, it has been crap. It's full of lies. It's just junk anyway. And so I'm like, well, I'm going to go listen to real people. Like, these are my neighbors. There's people across the country, across the state. You know, someone sitting in their home, average Joes. I hate to use that term, but, you know, you're 99% yeah. people. And so um, I want to hear what they have to say. You know, let's get some, let's see, they, 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 let's get some truth. They'll probably tell me some truth. And you know what? They did. And I started to discover that. And I drew in deeper. I joined like three different Discord groups. Uh, there's Facebook groups I joined. I think I got like six or seven of them on there that I got into. And then I started engaging. 
and started asking questions and then people would like answer back and then I just I started answering questions once I started to feel comfortable this is what I've learned and I started to become part of it and then I got a buddy of mine uh, actually a former employee of mine that we were kind of buddies and I was trying to get him to start investing in himself and he finally did and then he got in with a little bit of money and then he um, the whole ordeal came about with GameStop um, when it started off and you know we're, we're already in the communities of investing in general and so we started hearing about it and so he says hey man you gonna get in on this I was like well, I don't even know what it is you know what's happening maybe that's just some pump and dump I don't know and so I, we did we both got in when it was happening a little bit not a lot and um, then it went back down and then that's when all of a sudden it's like they stopped the trading you know as far as being able to buy right you know, the select- Absolutely. Right. Well, I want to get into that. I want to get into that and, and explain details about that. So, Robinhood, GameStop was the is the company, the the brick and mortar business that has games. So, you you assumably have a lot of like millennials in these in these chat rooms talking about the stocks, right? That would know about GameStop and be interested in it, correct? Well, so so people are going to say millennials, right? I mean, I'm 42. I'm technically well, not. Yeah. Um, so yes, um, and I know the GameStop. So the whole backstory of GameStop is a gentleman that goes by the handle of uh, Deep S Value. Um, say it on here, Keith Gill. Um, he ended up, you know, being um, when they did the court case, or not the court case, but when they did the uh, what was it? The Congress got together and brought him in and stuff. He had uh, was in the groups talking about GameStop. He was it was one of the items he believed in, and he he saw that there was an option there, uh, the short squeeze. You know that that thing can squeeze out because these hedge funds are trying to drive it bankrupt. I mean, let's 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 you know with COVID. Businesses are shutting down. I mean, they already destroyed. What was it? Uh, Sears got destroyed. Kmart gets right. destroyed. Toys R Us. You know, um, no yeah, I talked about that on my show last week with Carol Roth about the unbelievable devastation of small business. Yeah. 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 And, and those businesses, you know, look at all everything's going to go online. You know, um, mm-hmm. Amazon rules the world. And, and so um, he was talking about there's still an opportunity for him. Well, eventually that caught on with enough people um, that they started buying and doing something called radical, something that's none heard of. I guess apparently in the stock industry, it's like the wrong thing to do because they are beating us down for it. But everybody decided, hey, I believe in the fundamentals of this company. I believe in who this company is. And I believe that there's an opportunity here. I'm buying the stock and I'm not selling. Right. So we, that started calling that diamond handing. And like I said, apparently that's, you know, not what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to sell them back to the hedge funds. But uh, that's what started it. And, um, you know, so people just said, hey, we're going to buy this and hold it. And they did. And, you know, the, the, the price started to squeeze, started to take off. Um, and it's not, you know, everybody says it's not the official squeeze. I don't believe it was either because as it started to take off, um, these brokerages, Robinhood being one of them and a few, quite a few other ones, all of a sudden just said, okay, you know what, we're going to stop the uh, buy button. <laughs> Yeah. And Robinhood Robinhood is supposed to be they present themselves as Robinhood, which is they're for the little guy. They're for the average Joe, as we said, to be able to buy stocks. And they stopped it because the average Joes were doing too well. Well, yes. And so actually, Robinhood's how I got in. OK, um, it was the first app I downloaded. It, it was super simple. You know, it was like right. they say it's game. It was. It was really easy. They actually had a chat group. When I first got in Robinhood, there was a chat group in there um, where people were chatting back and forth. That's what got me understanding that there's more chat groups. I didn't right. know that this all... And then they got rid of the chat groups. I don't know why, but they did. <laughs> well. And so... 
So, yeah, so Robinhood was, like, presented. They were the ones that really got out there and started getting members and said, hey, here's an easy way to trade. You can make sales. It's free. No fees. We're for the little guy. We want you to start investing. And so I, I think they had, like, 6 million users. I don't know where they're at now. but And, and when I started, there was, you know, 2, 3 million. And then all of a sudden I hear, I heard that Robinhood had 6 million users, you know, that are basically logged on and investing, whether it was 5 bucks, 50 bucks, 500 or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they were. They were supposed to be radicalizing the industry, bringing a new model to the right. uh, retail you know, investor. And so we believed them. I believed in them. I was like, hey, this is cool. It's a great company. I was actually excited about them at one point in time, thinking, yeah, man, if they, I want to own their stock, right? And uh, Hold that thought. Hold that thought. We're going to come to a break. You're listening to Brook okay. Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Mike the Marine of AMC GameStop. And you're listening to Brook Talks America. We'll see you after the break. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America with Brooke Says. Check out the blog at brooktalksamerica.com. Here's Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Mike the Marine. And do you need a tax preparer, have rental properties, need worksheets to help gather your information? Contact Deb Snyder at 727-424-4499 or email her at Deb. SnyderTax at gmail.com. You can find her on the IRS directory of federal tax return preparers. Deb stays up to date by successfully completing the annual federal tax refresher course that covers filing season issues and tax law updates. And remember to tell her, Brooke Senya. Also, make sure you check out Patrick Hyland at the Sports Zone Sundays at 11 a.m. on this station. So get back into it. You're talking about Robin Hood with the GameStop stuff. Go ahead, Mike. Yeah, so, you know, here's Robin Hood comes along. It's given us, you know, people, the average Joe out there, a chance to maybe touch the stock market. I know the past history in the stock market, most of us didn't do it. We were afraid of it. We weren't taught how to do it. You're yeah. scared. It's gambling. Don't do it. Stay away from it. Just invest in your 401ks, do your work, or let a professional do it. If you And most time, even with the professionals, you needed 25 grand or more to even start <laughs> exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. And Robin Hood's theory was, is here, you can start an investment account with five bucks, and it's right. free, Right. And so um, I loved it. I was like, hey, yeah, let's do this, right? Um, and that's why I did it and um, started investing in it. And, um, I mean, I took the – I think I had the total of maybe 4000 I put in it in that first year. And when I transferred and got the heck out of Robinhood, that four grand became like twenty five grand wow. in less than, year, less than a year and a half. And so um, – and that was me learning, you know. Um, I've done so much better now. But still, like, uh, that was Robinhood. And then other companies, other brokerages says, hey, you know, we need to start – competing and so they started getting rid of the 695 495 995 fees to make trades which i think scared people away you know people i gotta spend money to trade something and so they eliminated their fees and just started opening that side of the market up and that with i believe a lot of say a lot of people say you know with covid with the lockup people are stuck in their home there's more communication via social media going on people are telling people so more people started jumping into these investment apps and started learning and getting into the movements yeah um and it wasn't you know this other i was in other ones too like i learned about other stocks there was that became a group of people that were really believed in the company and i have a few others i was in and that uh what's led me to the, or led me to GameStop and AMC. Well, when that 
GameStop that took off and AMC followed suit a little bit with them and started to run uh, in their price, they did, mainly Robinhood initiated it. And then, like I said, I think it was at least seven or nine. I could be wrong. Other brokers did too. But they decided, hey, wait a minute. You know, this price is running too fast. Let's stop the buy button. Right. And I, you see, in the stock market, one thing I learned, you have, uh, and I can never say the word properly, vitality when the price is going too fast. Right. And they have a they have an ma- automatic uh, protection thing where they can shut down and lock the stock or whatever it's called and won't allow it to buy or sell, right? I mean, that's just a feature they've had around forever, Right. okay? That's great. I get that. You've got to adjust it. You've got to control that kind of stuff. But wait a minute. Why? How do you just stop the buy but it's still allow the sell? Right, yeah. Well, I want you okay. to explain this, this, uh, the issue of shorts, which is what they were trying to do. So it's funny, my uh, client, yeah, my client I was just with earlier, I ended up explaining it somewhat what I've been able to learn. And I'm not the most technical guy. We got some great people in the group like uh, that you guys have seen on TV if you haven't yet. Trey's Trades, of course, Matt Kors, a lot of names out there, the guys that really know the technicals that yeah. you can learn from. But for me, when we look at the what I call the grunt, dumbed-down version, crayon, eat, marine style, basically, and I come from an industry where, you know, in my world, you break rules and you just take the risk of the fine because it's worth it, right? And so right. I'm like, okay, I know they got that in their world too, and that's why I started to believe. I'm like, well, wait a minute. So you got this process called shorting, the way I understand it. So basically, and they say it's healthy for the industry. I still haven't understood exactly why it's healthy. But if they believe that a, a company is overvalued, meaning its stock is too much money, it shouldn't be worth $20, it's probably more worth like 15 let's short the stock. So what they do is they borrow that stock from a, a bank or from a broker um, that that's someone's holding that stock long. There's what you call short, you know, like your uh, day trading, you have your swing trading, and yeah. then you have your, uh, long holds. That's people that buy it, hold it, and don't sell it. And they sit on it for forever, you know, for a long, long time. Well, you borrow those shares that they're doing nothing with, and then you pay them a small interest for allowing you to have access to borrow. And then you take those and you sell them on the open market, and usually, you know, and then you get your money off of that. And then what you do is as you sell, anytime you sell something, the value of it's going to go down. Let's sell it. It goes down. More people selling it, that means more less people want it. Price goes down, right? And so they, they, they borrow all these shares. Then they sell them on the market. The price goes down. Repeat, rinse, do again. Keep doing this. You can keep driving that price down. Well, what I believe, and a lot of people believe, it's a term called naked shorting. And it's there's a lot of denial out there, and you get in the conspiracies. Well, when there's a conspiracy, there's usually a reason why. There's something happening that's creating it. And this is where I came in and said, okay, I believe this. Mm-hmm. I have no doubt that they weren't doing this. So basically, you 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 were selling a share that doesn't you don't have. Right. They call it synthetic shares. You're basically saying, here, I'm going to sell these shares on the market because guess who's owning all this? Your, your market makers and your, your hedge funds are all the same. Like, right. It's the same people. All you got to do is just say, hey, I'm going to sell these shares on the open market. Somebody's going to buy them, but they actually don't exist. And and we just keep this cycle going. Well, the goal is, and the way I understand it, is if you can keep doing that and keep selling those shares, that keeps driving the price down and driving the price down to the point where you can now buy them back at such a low price that the difference between what you originally borrowed them at and the difference that you're uh, buying them back at, that's your massive profit. Yeah, see. Right? They don't want to. They don't want the average people to understand that either. They no, just want to be able to no. do it themselves. Yeah. 
And then here's the real crazy part about it, and I'm just, this is what I learned, so don't take me for face value. I'm just hearing what other people say. But I understand that if they can do that and do it long enough that the company goes bankrupt and no longer exists, that means the shares no longer exist, right? So guess what they don't have to do? Pay. They don't they don't have to pay them back. They don't have to get the shares back. Yeah. So now it's like a thousand percent profit or how, whatever the heck it is, right? And then there's supposed to be some tax loophole that they get to take advantage of, um, and with the profit side of it. So it's kind of like. And then they destroy all the companies that they don't care correct. about. Yeah. And the jobs and we the families and everything. We don't need this company anymore. Amazon, or I don't want to throw another company out. But anyway, we don't want this company anymore in the business. It's no good. Let's drive it into the ground. It's going to go under anyway. Let's just speed up the process and let's make money while we do it. Uh, so you, let's put these companies out of business. So, you know, these people don't have jobs, but we'll make billions while we do it, right? Yeah. And it's all fake and made up and no one knows and none the wiser. And if they do catch us, they call them FTDs, failure delivers. Oh, well, you know, we got millions of those. And if they do catch us, they'll just fine us $10 million, $3 million, $20 million. I, That's a drop in the hat, man. We just Correct. made billions of dollars. Yeah. That's, that's, how, that's how it works. The bigger, the, and, and people need to understand this about big government, the bigger it gets, the, the bigger people can afford the lawyers, they can afford the lawsuits, they can afford the fines, like you said, and the small people can't, and that's why they go out of business. It happens over and over again. And you're right to say Amazon, because Amazon would be very happy for GameStop to go out of business. So they don't care. And they're probably happy for AMC, because then they can just have a streaming service and everybody watch the movies at home. Right. But I want to get into what you're doing, because with all of the, you know, with all of the amazing, really patriots and and this is, you know, my show is very political, but what you're doing is not political. You have a cadre of like everybody, all races, all ethnicities, all political persuasions in the same group. And it's really a great realignment. I know that, you know, Steve Bannon talks about that. And that's the best part about it is that the people are basically getting together and informing each other on the things that they know so that they can empower themselves as individuals. Yes, it's about and it, of course, it's about making money, but it's like empowering the individual to take back the country. So what are you doing? You're starting a nonprofit to help other people get involved in it. Your excitement and your passion for this is, you know, it's infectious. So you're going to be doing that to help other people to learn what you did what's going on with that you're starting a nonprofit and rallies and it is purely based on a love and a help everybody in this community wants to help and give back and that drew me in and that's where um, a bunch of us come together especially after the one sh- uh, interview i did and we've created uh, we're creating we're still in the process of a nonprofit organization because one thing that i believe without a doubt and several others do with me is our country even our world uh really does not offer financial literacy to people. We teach our kids, uh, we got Barbie toys and all kinds of stuff to teach kids how to swipe credit cards, how to go into debt. We focus on building building your credit scores, getting credit, get credit, you know, get uh, get in debt. Get in degrees you don't need that are dumb. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and so we get them all into debt so we can control you. You know, I mean, there's a great proverb about that. Um, yeah. And so I'm, I'm just big on it. After I saw what I was able to do, I want to give back. I'm like, if I can do it, everyone can do it. I'm, and so with this non nonprofit that we're doing, uh, we're, we call it Crowdsource Edu. Um, and the idea is, is using the crowdsource information of everyone that we have, everyone that's out there, providing people, you know, the opportunity, give them the basics of what they can do, provide resources to them uh, to get in, start in invest in themselves. I want to just encourage people. I can't financially buy them. I can't say, oh, you want to buy this company. I would never do that. Right. Uh, and we don't either. But I know. But I do want to tell them you can do something mm-hmm. and simply stop 
stop paying debt, pay it off, get out from underneath it, snowball it, and then take that money and put it into an account, start investing in something, get yourself you know, set up. I mean, it costs to buy the stocks, but it doesn't cost anything to use the services. So why not? Right. It's a better account than your basic savings account. It's going to pay you better returns over time. Time is your friend and you can learn and grow. And so that's what we want to do with the crowdsource EDU um, is to be able to do that. And then I'm very passionate, man, about getting out in front of people. I love it. Mm. I, I feel like I owe it back to this world. The world has been good to me ultimately overall. My country has been good to me. Uh, they gave me a place to serve. It's time for me to serve again. And there's a lot of veterans and, and military yeah. folks that want to serve with me. We want to help our community. So we want to get out there. I want to do rallies and events throughout the nation. I want to go to cities, get people out in front of me. Um, um, bring some guest speakers, some music, maybe even do some food drives and then set people down, provide them some resources, um, get them set up and show them how they can get their applications set up, how they can start investing. I mean, it's going to grow. We just started six weeks ago with it. We've got the website up and running. I've got an email I'd like to say. Um, if any of you have uh, want to be involved, you know, we're going to obviously, uh, we need more help. We need people in different cities that are willing to volunteer. So you can reach us at help at uh, crowdsourceedu.org. Um, that's our email. You can find me on Twitter, but I'd prefer if you did it um, through the email so we can keep track of you okay. and we can get this going. And we do need a lawyer, so if there's any lawyers out there <laughs> that would help, I'm begging for you. Um, and so much more, but we want to help the community because the 99% of people deserve to live mm -hmm. at a higher level. They don't deserve to be held down by the 1%. It's time we step into their world. Absolutely. And that's the, that's the thing, you know, there's, this is one piece of the greater puzzle of the people taking back their country. The people make the country work and they should have a bigger piece of the pie. So absolutely. That's great. You definitely want to follow him on, um, on uh, Twitter as well, but what's the email again? It is help. So just H E L P and then crowdsource and edu.org. Okay. O -R -G. Great. All right, great. Well, thanks so much, Mike, for coming on, and keep up the great work that you're doing. I'm going to look into it myself. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we will be right back after the break. Agricultural chemist George Washington Carver discovered 300 uses for the peanut and hundreds more uses for soybeans, pecans, and sweet potatoes. Hello, I'm... Ron Edwards, on today's page from the Edwards Notebook. At a very young age, Mr. Carver realized something or someone had put together the orderly, clean, harmonious, and beautiful forests he often explored. Carver was overwhelmed by the presence that always seemed to be with him on his walks in the woods near his home. Years later, George Washington Carver realized that God gave us all a purpose and that discovering his purpose for our lives leads us to great achievement. If we will stay the course and not allow others to diminish our faith nor our desire to fulfill our purpose. Carver understood that man who needed a purpose, a mission to keep him alive had one. Carver believed his purpose was to increase the well-being of people through discovery and creativity in the laboratory. Carver overcame almost impossible odds to fulfill his purpose. Will you, by God's grace, fulfill yours? I'm Ron Edwards. Check out the RonEdwards.com. Ron Edwards, the new voice of America. Welcome back to Brooke 
Talks America. Visit Brooke Talks America on Facebook. And now, your host, Brooke Says. Welcome back to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says. Make sure you check out Patrick Hyland at the Sports Zone Sundays at 11 a.m. on this station. Another excellent Edwards notebook by Ron Edwards. And this segment is brought to you by GDSM Productions Graphic Design. Since it began in 1993, GDSM Productions clients have included many publicly held corporations as well as small and mid-sized startups. Creative expression through breathtaking design with over 25 years experience. Experience. Visit her Facebook page at GDSM Productions to get connected and get a quote on your next project. And as always, remember to tell her Brooke sent you. And again, make sure you check me out on social media. I'm very active on Twitter, but you can also find me on Facebook. I'm also on Gab. So there are a lot of people that have, you know, there's a lot of audio out there showing what we have been talking about on this show for the entirety. I played a couple of excellent audio clips a couple weeks ago about the guy who really brought broke it down. Uh, He has since, of course, been taken off Twitter because that's what happens when you tell the truth. I wanted to play this audio. I'm not, you know, I don't really know anything about this guy's music, Pitbull, but this was a really good uh, session that he did with some friends about communism. He's from Cuba and he would know. Listen to this. In this day and age, I'm hoping that people see as quick as you get it. It's like dope money. Come quick, leave quicker. So when it comes to this technology, exactly what it is, you got instant gratification, then you can touch as many people with it as quick as they want to go. They can pull it from you. And right now we're talking about, are we talking about a virus? A virus, that's what we talk about, SIRS, MERS, BIRD, swine, Ebola, now Corona. Like, come on, folks. I mean, you got to really, you got to read the tea leaves, bro. You got to, the devil's in the details. And with that said is, if you look at the recovery numbers on what we're talking about, I don't know what it is, but I guess the flu went on vacation on this year. Heart attacks went on vacation vacation this year. Everything went on vacation this year when it came to, I'm talking about, you know, what we're going through right now. And let's just call a spade a spade. And the reason I can have this conversation is because my family comes from communism. They fled communism. They had everything taken away from them. Everybody got murdered. Everybody got killed. And... That's the reason me, being a first-generation Cuban-American, or maybe us, being first-generation Cuban-Americans, I look at freedom and I appreciate, I appreciate opportunity. I appreciate anything that you give me. All I need is a little slip, partner, and I got you. And that comes from the fact that when a Castro took over everything, and I'm looking at what's going on right now, the only person here that's hot, 38 hot. It's Castro. He's going, y'all did it with a virus? Y'all took over the world with a virus? Y'all got to be kidding me. He had missiles pointed to the United States of America during the Russian Missile Crisis, during the Bay of Pigs and what they went went on through. So this gets deep. The only thing is, is do you want to realize how deep it is? You know, that's that's the way I look at it. And even going into this, I don't know if y'all know about this, but might as well put it out there, especially in y'all show, because y'all got folks that need this more than anybody. We all need it. There's a, there's a, a rehearsal that went, on, that went on before this so-called Event 201. October 18, 2019, came out. It was ran by the John Hopkins University, which is in cahoots with Bill Gates, Melinda Gates Foundation. And this was a complete rehearsal of what we did right now. You can yeah. look at this up. They had a patent, too, just to let them know. They, yeah. they named it. And they had a patent. Actually, patent for yeah. coronavirus. 
from 2004, they uh, like a patent. They, pat- they names is on it. So therefore, you have a segment where it says segment financial. What we gonna do? Segment travel. What we gonna do? Segment. What we gonna do when it comes to online? And and it said if anybody is not a part of the narrative, we gonna take it off off online. Which to me smells like communism. Right. You feel me? And obviously that's what our families live through, and I'm sure all of our families have similar stories. Yeah, it does smell like communism, and that's exactly what they're doing, right? Now, along that front, okay, and we've been saying this on the show, Jim has taken tremendous heat with the people that he meets for saying those very things. Oh, it'll never happen here. That's not possible. It will happen here. It's happened everywhere else that it's been tried, right? Once you lose freedom, it's very hard, if if not impossible, to get it back. Along that front, though, and again, have you called your senators to tell them no on David Chipman, the Waco baby killer for ATF? Because keep in mind, okay, they're going to be doing door to door, which is going to be lit, by the way, totally fun. Can't wait for the pictures and the video, right? You go to certain people's doors who don't want the jab. I want the tape. I want the tape for that. The ATF director Chipman says he doesn't think that you should have the right to have an AR, they don't want you to have guns. And by the way, what do you think they're going to be doing if they do door-to-door? They're going to be getting all kind of information on you. They're going to be under the federal government being able to do this. So you need to pay attention. And this was a really great um, se- segment that Jesse Kelly, awesome, you need to follow him on Twitter. You need to follow me on Twitter, of course, but you need to follow him on Twitter. Keep in mind that, so he was talking about this, um, what they want with regard to Chipman. With respect to the AR-15, uh, I support uh, a, a ban as um, as has been presented um, in uh, a Senate bill uh, and supported by the president. Um, the AR-15 is a gun I was issued on ATF's SWAT team, and it's a particularly lethal weapon. Um, and regulating it as other particularly lethal weapons um, I have advocated for um, as ATF director, if I'm confirmed, I would simply enforce the laws and the books. So, Jesse, how many, I mean, just roughly speaking, there are more than dozens of AR-15s in circulation. I think there are tens of millions of them, likely. What would it mean to ban them in, in real terms? It would mean we would get the world that David Chipman wants, and that's the world where he's free to hurt you, Tucker, hurt me, hurt anybody who disagrees with him. I, I don't know why we feel the need to dance around this, because this is what the mistake we make on the right. We hear right. AR-15 ban, and we hold up some chart that says, well, pistols and fists and stuff, they hurt more people every year. These people know that. David Chipman can read. He's an idiot, right. but he can read. He knows that. What he wants is the freedom to hurt you, and I don't know why we have to dance around that. It's such a smart point. Why does nobody say that? Well, nobody says it because it means acknowledging your fellow Americans want you dead, or at least are okay if, the, if you are dead. And I realize that sounds extreme. People, they, they've called you a Nazi for four years for a reason. That's what they right. think you are. Do you think David Chipman thinks Nazis should be able to own AR-15s? No. He wants the, the ability, he wants the authority to ban them. I mean, putting that guy in charge of the ATF, it's like throwing a party for your friends and letting Bill Cosby tend the bar. <laughs> I mean, 
to target a firearm that is owned overwhelmingly by the most law-abiding people in the country. I read a study the other day that said that people with a concealed weapons permit are less likely than police officers to commit crimes. They commit no crimes. And that, that goes for the overwhelming majority of AR-15 owners. To target them tells you that it's not really about reducing violence, is it? Oh, of course. No, it's not about reducing violence. Well, not real violence. I mean, none of these people care about mass shootings, Tucker. They don't care about inner city violence. What they care about is that they've never been able to achieve their final socialist dream in America because half the country owns a lot of firearms. That's just the truth. That was step one for every other scumbag dictator in history. And our left in this country missed that step. And it's the only thing separating them from Pol Pot. And that is absolutely true. The first thing I thought of when I heard about the door-to-door, beyond the fact that it's totally creepy and I kind of wish Trump had been half the dictator that they said he was, this guy's doing everything that they said Trump was going to do. Every single – and by the way, Trump has been right about everything. Like literally every single solitary thing. Okay, you need to watch out because that's what's going to happen when they send people to your door – They're not just going for vaccination confirmation or to try to give you the vaccination. They're trying to get other kind of information, right? And that's one of the things that they want with your health care providers. All kind of things were in that uh, Obamacare thing, asking questions and, and having your kids be able to answer questions like, oh, gee, do mommy and daddy have a gun? These are the kind of things that are going on behind the scenes. Unfortunately, as Jesse said, and he's 100% correct, I, I scream about this all the time. The right is too nice. I'm sick of it. You need to stop being too nice and understand what we're dealing with here. These are the kind of people that we're dealing with. That's what they want, and they want all kind of power over you and over me. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, and we'll be right back after the break to talk with Colonel Jim. More Brooke Talks America coming up. America with Brooke says connect on Twitter at Brooke talks USA. Here's Brooke says. Welcome back to Brooke talks America. I'm your host Brooke says this segment is brought to you by barely pod furnishings in crystal river open Tuesday through Saturday, 10 to three. There are 3000 square foot store with unique home decor for making your house a home, including a large selection of original American art, glassware and pottery. Get 20% off using code BTA 20. And remember to tell her Brooke sent you. And I'm here with my co-host Colonel Jim, who is the former deputy director for intelligence at us central command served in the white house, national security council currently serves as the Hillsborough County, Florida GOP chairman. And since we stay MAGA, I always like to mention that he's the first retired military officer in Florida to endorse Trump. And we stay MAGA, don't we, John, Jim? Absolutely. (laughs) Okay, so Jim, the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan is finally here. Uh, We have been calling for this for a long time. 
simply because they don't had it, they never had an exit strategy. They don't have any intentions of winning that war. Probably can't do it. But it is here. And what's going to happen now with the Taliban? Uh, give me the pros and cons. What's going to happen with the Taliban? What's going to happen with China? Because as always, nature abhors a vacuum. So they will be stepping in. Absolutely. And what we're going to see is the civil war break out in Afghanistan because Afghanistan is made up of tribes, mm-hmm. warlords. We remember that before we went in uh, at the beginning of 9-11. And then you have the trained by the U.S. Afghan military force, and you have the Taliban, and you also have other uh likely terrorist elements that are also want to get want to get back into Afghanistan. So you're going to we're probably going to see a series of a, a civil war that goes on for a number of years before the uh, sides are drawn up and things get back to normal. I mean, Afghanistan, when there's not an invading force, whether it's Russia, Britain uh, or other countries, have always been, you know, at war between the warlords. So nothing new here. The big thing here, though, is China and what they call the Belt Road Initiative. China has been negotiating behind Mm -hmm. the scenes with the Afghan government, and they're talking billions and billions of dollars, 62, I've heard up to 68 billion dollars. Uh, because they're going to build this road because it's all about trade and it's all about extracting the precious metals and resources that are in uh, Afghanistan and bringing them back to China. And we're talking about particularly um, the metals used, the rare earth metals, magnesium, um, things like that, lithium, that are used to make rechargeable batteries and we know that's all about it's about cars it's about your cell phones it's about your laptops it's about anything electronic the chinese want it they want to corner the market they're in africa doing the same thing Mm -hmm. uh, mining mining those metals they want to control uh that access to that those metals because it gives them power around the world. They will control whether you can buy a car. They will control whether you can recharge your cell phone. They will, and we're all. And we're already having a problem with the chips. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You know, you know the microchips, the uh, the the various types of chips that are used in automobiles. People don't realize now. Taiwan, and I don't want to talk too much about it, is the biggest. Uh, you know, maker of those in China, you know, we what is going on. China wants to uh, get hold of that in Taiwan. Mm-hmm. So we have a major problem uh, about to, to break out here. We were right to leave Afghanistan, as you said, and that was part of President Trump's initiative. But the Biden regime is not in a position to handle the consequences mm. of what happens. I, I truly believe Donald Trump was and knew about it, and that was part of why he was trying to take down China economically and was being very successful. Uh, What's going to happen now, particularly with the Biden regime, uh, God only knows, but we will lose out big time in the end. What's going on with the uh, China-Pakistan economic corridor? Okay, that's part of the road. That's the deal to create this road from Afghanistan, Kabul, to um, northern Pakistan to help move the the mined material resources. Mm, They're going to be doing trade and everything. This This is a huge effort. You know, you have to understand when China does things, they're very serious about doing it. And agreements have been made, you know, 
Pakistan is going to make out financially on it. The corrupt leadership in Afghanistan is going to make out financially on this. And, of course, China is going to make out financially uh, in a big way on it. China doesn't do anything without looking at what the end state looks like and ensuring that that's what's going to happen. So this is real serious, you know, relationships between the U.S. and Pakistan, you know, Afghanistan and and other countries in the region are are going to be uh, at the forefront of all this. One of the things that, you know, we've talked about in in it's been a problem in both of the conflicts, the wars, you know, unnecessary wars, is our rules of engagement. You have mentioned that China, you know, we always have to have rules of engagement. I mean, half the stuff that happened during the wars under Obama was like lawyers dictating the policy of where the strikes were. And this. You had to call and get a lawyer's uh, you know, approval before you can do something, which is totally stupid, totally against it. China has no ROEs. What are they going to do? I mean, you know, not that the average American is going to care, but what does that mean? So they're going to... They're just if the warlords say no, what's going to happen? They're just going to nuke them. Well, China is going to go in and they're going to do whatever necessary. Uh, you know, if they get it, if they get attacked by the Taliban, they're going to attack the village where the Taliban is, you know, located in, and they're not going to care about women, children, whatever um, collateral damage. They're not going to care about. They're just going to. Settle it right then and there. It's not going to be the way we've done it, where we've had to get the, you know, had the ROE. We had to call in. We had to get the intel to say, okay, you can't strike this building. Listen, I've been through that. I lived through that for, for all the years that I was in the military dealing with Afghanistan and other other countries and Iraq. I know how that works. China's not going to care because nobody is going to question China in the court of public opinion if they do that. And China knows it. Yeah. Well, this is why I always said, like, Trump was such a gangster. He's sitting there eating chocolate cake next to Chi, Z, whatever you say his name, while he's bombing and moabbing Afghanistan. And that sent a message. Now these people are totally laughing. I wrote an article about it. They're laughing at, at Biden. I mean, it's it's sad for the world, sad for the country and sad for the world because the world doesn't have any idea. If we fall in this country and China takes over, the rest of the world is going dark. So let's talk about this uh, Biden door-to-door vaccine policy, as I mentioned. What could possibly Possibly go wrong, Jim. <laughs> well, we talked about you talked about it a little bit in, in the previous segment. Um, I look at it as uh, they're looking for more than just mm-hmm. giving vaccines. Now they're pushing because they're desperate because they want to get people vaccinated. Uh, I don't like the idea of the vaccines. I know you don't like the idea because we don't know what's in it, and mm-hmm. we don't, don't we especially don't know, with kids. Especially with kids. Yeah. You know, was, the report came out yesterday that said four hundred and forty thousand mm-hmm. people have either. Uh, you know, had heart attacks, had strokes, or died from the vaccine. They're keeping it quiet because it came from the, you know, the CDC is keeping it quiet. That's one aspect of it. I look at it as this is really a test run mm-hmm. of what would it, what it's going to be like when they knock at people's doors, when they go to doors. Bear in mind, many of the people who are going to be hired to do this don't have the experience with dealing with people. And then we have Americans who are you know, basically, get off my lawn. Mm-hmm. Who, you don't have a right. So I, I believe they're testing it because this they need to know how Americans are going to react. Mm-hmm. So when they come down uh, the next time for your guns, 
Which what to deal will. with? How much? How much reinforcements they have to bring along with them? Do they need to bring uh, local law enforcement? Do they need to bring, you know, something else? National Guard. We have no idea how they'll they'll do it. So this, I believe, is really a test run, and it's just really bad policy yeah. to do that. Period. There's so many negative consequences. It's going to turn people against the government, which maybe in this case is okay. Well, and not only that, but it just gives back reminders of the Stasi. I mean, this is basically sending the Stasi door to door. What could, you know, bad optics. But that brings us into, you know, we have about a couple minutes on this, is the D.C. police to open field offices supposedly in Tampa, which DeSantis really needs to come out against hard, and San Francisco. To me, those two locations are bizarre. Like, what, did a million people come from San Francisco to do the, you know, to do the thing in in, uh, January 6th? But the problem with the D.C. police they are not acceptable or they're not accessible for FOIA. You can't FOIA the Capitol Police. What what could possibly go wrong with this situation, too? This all goes back to January 6th. We all know the non-surrection, um, you know, um, Buck Sexton had a great article yesterday that says anyone who believes January 6th was an insurrection is an idiot. I said that starting at five o'clock on January 6th when CNN and MSNBC first used the word insurrection. Yep. And I said, that's not it. This all stems back to that. Now, why Tampa and San Francisco? Briefly, real quick on San Francisco, because that's Nancy Pelosi's hometown. That's Nancy Pelosi's district. I think she just wants to know. And I don't believe a lot of people from San Francisco were were involved. Florida was heavily involved. The majority of people who went to D.C. uh, and were either arrested or were identified came from Florida. They need a base. Tampa is the chosen location. It's centralized in Florida. Here's the real thing you got to understand. The D.C. police answer directly to Nancy Pelosi. They are they are part of the legislature. They are part of the U.S. House of Representatives. They answer to Nancy Pelosi. They have coordinated effort with the sergeant at arms. Everything that happens is them. Nancy Pelosi has her friend Kathy Kester in Tampa. They'll they'll try to locate him there. Right now, there's a petition drive or a number of them uh, that are asking for um Governor DeSantis to stop this. I think he has the ability with the right uh, legal action to do that. And uh, if you'll see one online, sign the petition and and we need to stop this. I think and I'm hoping the governor this week will make a a statement on that. But we don't need them here. Uh, This is really out of line. This is Gestapo type tactics to go after Floridians and people from certainly our our hometown of Tampa. Not only that, but I have to say, I think it's very interesting they chose Tampa. What's in Tampa, the I-4 corridor? They could could do anything they want, including what? Voter drive, voter registration, and stuff like that. They need the I-4 corridor for the next election, for the governorship and the presidency. All kind of things. Don't put anything past the Democrats. We need another two hours, Jim, as always, because there's so much going on. But we always pack it in as much as we can. You're listening to Brooke Talks America. I'm your host, Brooke Says, here with Colonel Jim. Make sure you check us out on the social media, Twitter, Facebook, and everything. And we will see you next week. been 
listening to Brooke Talks America with author, publisher, conservative advisor, and patriot, Brooke Says. Connect by email, info at brooktalksamerica.com. Connect on Twitter at Brooke Talks USA. And listen next Saturday night for more Brooke Talks America on AM 860, The Answer.